Hey, hey, how's it going? It's Neville here with a swipe email for Friday, March 3rd, 2023. And it's Friday, so let's start off with an example of lumpy mail. This is our swipe for the day. So lumpy mail is this thing with an object inside of it. It's mail with an object inside of it that makes you curious to open. So imagine you get a piece of mail, it's flat, and you just think there's some junk in there. There's just a letter, paper, boring. Instead, lumpy mail has like a little something in there. It could be like a tiny little ball or some quarters or something along those lines where people are like, what, what's in this thing? And they want to open it. So this is an example of lumpy mail that came from my buddy Chandler's company, Self Publishing School, and it included a metal bottle opener. And when I got the package, it looked kind of like a normal flyer, but I could tell that there was something in it and it had some heft to it. It didn't feel like a normal letter. So when I got the mail, I felt like it had something hard giggity in it. So it got me curious. And so when I opened it, there's this handy bottle opener and it made me more likely to read what was inside. So lumpy mail is great because when people check their mail, they often have two piles, the A pile and the B pile. The A pile is personal letters, stuff you want to open, a friend's wedding invitation, a bill that you have to open, that kind of thing. And the B pile is stuff you just toss into the garbage. And a lot of times this is advertisements. So you know how you get like a bunch of like, hey, here's the grocery store list of 30 cents off apples or whatever. That kind of stuff for me usually goes in my B pile, AKA my garbage can. So I want to make sure that if I'm sending mail to someone, which costs me money, that I want them to open it. So that's why lumpy mail is definitely a, uh, a nice way to go. And we've helped a lot of clients like do lumpy mail in the past and it works really well. So if you send mail that seems like it has something inside, it'll more often get put into the A pile because people want to open it. Here's an interesting piece of wisdom. Uh, this is a fun diagram showing the meaning of life in different theories and philosophies. It's like kind of tongue-in-cheek and funny, but it's also really cool. And I thought it was just a great, perfect combo of images and text working to educate. So it goes through uh, Platonianism, Aristotleanism, Sinism, Hedonism, Euphoriaism, Epicureanism, etc., and just shows like a quick little icon, like a generic icon with text. And I thought it conveyed a lot of fun information. Here's something interesting. I'm a big fan of not writing a lot of copy and instead showing a picture. This is called Show Don't Tell. So here's some graphics that convey way more information than a bunch of text ever would. So I'm gonna give you uh, four different examples. Here's a, the 12 major hair types. So there's a lot of different types of hair and this chart makes classifying them very simple with examples of each. So instead of a lot of a text describing hair texture and stuff, it just says straight, wavy, curly, coily, and it has 4A, 4B, 3A, 3B, et cetera. It's just an easy chart. So think about it. Is there something in your interesting that you could explain simply with a graphic like this? Here's another one. Keeping guacamole green has guacamole and then a bunch of different ways to keep it green. Once again, is there something in your industry that's hard to explain to people that you can just make a simple graphic of? Um, another example is one, the different types of pasta. It just has uh, pasta and its name and then kind of like what it is below it. I learned more from about pasta from this little you know thing I found on Instagram than I ever have about pasta. So I guess it worked. And then uh, this one is cool. It's like the Mohs hardness scale. So you may have learned this in a science class a long time ago. So I like how they relate the different types of hardness. So one is talc, which you could just crush with your hand. Two is gypsum, not very hard. And then between two and three is a fingernail. And then between three and four is a copper coin. Between five and six, a knife. It relates the different types of hardness and different types of minerals to everyday objects because I don't really know what fluorite is or apatite or feldspar. Like I don't, I don't intuitively understand what those are, what types of rocks and how hard they are. So instead, when you say this is feldspar is slightly softer than a steel tool, I'm like, oh, like a screwdriver. Like I get it. 
So at the end, it's a diamond. And also in the email, I make a dumb boner joke about being hard. Anyways, <laughs> to moving on. Here's a, a little picture. Um, so two weeks ago, uh, we went out to a 500-acre ranch for my buddy Noah's birthday, and it was really fun. We did sea fishing, pond fishing, ocean fishing, hunting, and lots of grilling. Uh, so here's a here's a few random picks from the trip. So apologies if you don't like gun or fishing pictures. I know some people are sensitive to that. Well, hmm, I don't know what to tell you, but um, sorry about that. So uh, here's uh, some of the guys I'm showing. And it was this huge ranch with one main house and six smaller houses. It belongs to like a pretty prominent uh, family. They had all these pictures with different presidents and stuff all over. It's pretty interesting. They own a bunch of uh, well-known companies. And so this is, I guess, like one of their private properties. Um, there's uh, pictures of Cowboy Neville, pictures of the main house. <clears throat> and it, the main house definitely had hunting lodge vibes. It, uh, <laughs> it was like an old-timey, not old-timey, like rustic ranch house super nice but like a uh, big expansive main room for people to play around horse around big poker table and stuff like that uh, a lot of uh, animals that they hunted on the property mounted up uh we hunted i caught a fish in the pond went skeet shooting went fishing and, and there was these like random shacks built on stilts in the middle of the ocean and uh we climbed on a couple of them and went fishing on them which is fun uh, we even did a pinata for Noah's birthday. Instead of hitting it with a stick, we shot it with a shotgun. That was pretty fun. Skeet shooting, all sorts of stuff. Uh, we went hunting for boars using night vision stuff. I've never done the night vision hunting. And honestly, it was, it was kind of neat. It felt very like military in terms of got these guns and a UTV. And uh, you definitely have an unfair advantage. But uh, it, it was kind of interesting. Like that's what this is like what the military does, except they're being shot at, which must be an insane thing. So it was kind of a, kind of a neat experience. Moving on, we got a little essay over here. So why do Le Labo candles smell so much superior to other candles? I have been racking my brain about this. I even Googled it. And honestly, I just couldn't really find all that much. But there's this brand called Le Labo. I love how their candles smell. I'm not like a big candle guy or anything, but something about this Le Labo fra fragrances, I'm like in love with them. Someone sent them to me. Um, I had a bunch of people stay over a few years ago. There's this big ice storm. and had a bunch of people stay over. As one couple sent me a Lalabo candle and I lit it and I was like, wow, this is the best smelling candle, uh, candle I've ever had. I, I never heard of Lalabo. And someone came over one time and was like, you like Lalabo candles? Like, it's not something I would expect you to buy. And I was like, I don't know. Someone gave it to me. They're like, this is like a hundred something dollar candle. I was like, a hundred dollars for a candle? What? What are you talking about? They're 10 bucks at t Target, right? So I've spent hundreds of dollars since on these candles, giving them as gifts, buying them myself, the big ones, the small ones. And... I just always wonder why I couldn't find a cheap knockoff. And it was a difficult question, so I resorted to Twitter. And apparently, uh, Eric Bandholtz, who runs Beard Brand, you know, they sell $10 million worth of uh, fragrances a year, not candles, but um, beard oils and things like that. He said that he has this four-ounce container of natural ingredient that costs $3,000. So there's there's things that, uh, natural fragrances that cost $1,000 per ounce or so. So some of these really high-end candles are using just simply very, very expensive ingredients. Another factor is the type of wax used and fragrance load, um, and also synthetic versus natural ingredients. And then also uh, a buddy Derek said, he runs like some sort of uh, skincare supplement kind of company. And he says a lot of times he used to think that marketing was the reason some of these products were expensive, but he's like, if you use rare ingredients, oftentimes with the supply chain, you just cannot get them. 
Like there's just not enough. So everyone's competing against them. The price skyrockets to thousands of dollars per pound or so. And so you have to increase the prices. So as someone who's worked in copywriting and marketing, I'm often skeptical of expensive products because a lot of them are expensive only because of marketing. So skincare industry is a huge, huge culprit for this. I mean, this $14 bottle of simple CeraVe lotion you could buy at you know the pharmacy or any the grocery is probably the same or better than most $100 bottles of lotion unless they're using some very exotic fragrance or something that doesn't actually add to your skincare, um, it's probably not really worth it. So I'm so skeptical. And that's why I was so shocked. Like I couldn't find anything that even smells remotely as good as these Labo candles. But uh, I guess high quality ingredients plus, you know, probably a dash of fancy marketing is the cause. And uh, this section is splurge. It changes from sketches to splurge. And I've always wanted to recommend products I like. And I'm not, just a full disclosure, this product, I'm not affiliated with this company, but I am using affiliate links uh, to promote it. So I was gonna talk about this company. I realized they had an affiliate program in my account, so I clicked it. So if you do click on one of these links and you end up buying this service, yeah, I might get like 3% of the cost or something like that. So I'm gonna make 50 bucks off this promotion. So just FYI, that's what this section is, the splurge section. I'm just gonna recommend products I really like. So to combat being a big lazy asshole who goose off all day on YouTube, I have been using this site called caveday.org. So it's basically a virtual co-working over Zoom, and I've used it a ton this month, like a lot. And normally I do these one hour work sprints, and they call their work sprints caves, like you join a cave. And yesterday I did a three hour work sprint or work cave. And there was, I think about 80 people on the call, you know, people hop off and hop on. It's a zoom call. And essentially it's virtual coworking. Now I actually, in our copywriting course, used to host a thing called writing Wednesday. It was the least popular thing I ever did. And the reason I didn't like it sometimes is I would be the host and, and I would want to talk to people or people want to ask questions. And sometimes I'll let them talk and we don't end up getting a lot of work done. So I didn't, I wanted to be part of virtual coast host working, but I didn't want to be the one spending brain cycles hosting it. And so that's why cave day is fun. Like I'm just like another member in there. I don't have nothing to do with it. So essentially it's virtual coworking, but it's done really well. And here's some of the things they did. I like that in the beginning, they tell everyone to like put in the chat, like what you plan on doing um, and when the next scheduled break is and all that stuff. So with a one hour session, it's just a little intro. And then at the end, they do an outro, you do a quick stretch, that kind of thing. The three hour sprints, which I really like because God, I'm so productive during those. Um, every 50 minutes or so, there's like a quick break. They tell you to leave the computer for two minutes or do a stretch together or do a high five together. It's actually, it's pretty fun. So I'm a big fan of regularly inviting people over to come co-work with me. And I do it all the time, but scheduling in-person co-working is pretty hard. And sometimes we just chat a bunch and don't do solid work. Like a lot of times there's an interesting person there and you're just chatting a bunch. So it's fun, but I don't actually get like solid hours of cranking out work. It's also really hard to set up coworking every single day. So instead, like if I'm feeling kind of lazy, um, you know, at 3 p.m., I'll book a cave that starts at 3.30 p.m., 4 p.m., and join the Zoom call with others who are also working. And it just puts me in this like work mode. So I'm currently working on another book. And I've been finding that long periods of focused time to write is uh, quite frankly, very difficult. So what I do is I schedule a cave and it goes on my calendar. And then I'm like, that's the time I work on my book and I do it. So I've been using Cave Day a ton. It's pretty awesome. It's caveday.org if you want to check it out. However, do go on the site and click the link. It has my little referral link. It's like, you know, caveday.org or Neville or something like that. So uh, actually you go to copywritingcourse.com slash caveday and it'll forward you there. So if you want to try it out, do it. I join them all the time. 
I've been telling some other buddies about it and they joined. So I thought it was really cool. It's a virtual co-working. Who knew? I've been way more productive using it. So love it. Anyways, this has been the Swipes email, which is Swipe Wisdom Interesting Picture Essay and Splurge, a fun email for Friday and I hope you enjoy. I will talk to you later.